Mm. Such a <laughs> wonderful sound. <laughs> you know what? The only sound worse is. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> the sound is the worst. <laughs> ASMR with Erica and Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> That's News to Me is a Twisted Dreams comedy production. Welcome to That's News to Me. I'm Mookie G. And I'm Erica. We scour the internet to find funny, weird, absurd news stories to blur the bad, depressing, boring stuff and hopefully bring a smile to your face. We're so glad you've joined us for another episode. If you wouldn't mind, continue to help us do what we love. You can support the show in three ways, none of which require your money. All we ask is that you subscribe so you don't miss a future episode, share us with your friends so we can continue to grow, and leave us a five-star review so that we know you like what you hear. Shall we get started? Let's go. Girl, what are you ranting about? I'm talking about the podcast news to me. Have you never heard of it? Look, listen to the catchy jingle. Press play. Erica B and Mookie G and everything they say. Man, it's news to me. You got Mookie G and Erica B and everything they say. Man, it's news to me. Found it in the peach. News to me. Every word do teach because it's news to me. You got news to me. News to me. Erica and Mookie and news to me. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of That's News to Me. I am Erica Benefield. And I am Mookie G. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are here. We are here. We are here. So, oh. uh, how are you today? I am wonderful. It's Steven Tyler's birthday, and we all know who, anyone who knows me, that I am a huge Aerosmith fan. And by the time this drops, he will have been 75 for a couple of days. But that's all right. Yes. Yes. We are recording this on March 26th. Yes. And uh, Erica and I were just randomly having a conversation, getting ready for our recording of this episode. And I was like, um, we should stop talking right now because we got on the, the, the subject of uh, Steven Tyler mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and his situation. Yeah. And he, I was like, let's let's switch gears. Yeah. That's right. He's had a couple situations. He has. I was but like, one major situation that keeps coming up every couple of years. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? This episode should be dedicated to Stephen Tyler and his shenanigans. Yes. Shenanigans is the right word for it. Because <laughs> he's not he's not hiding it. He's like, yeah, I did no, it. No, no. So uh, this episode is dedicated to uh, the birthday of Stephen Tyler and his bullshit he's been in. Yeah. <laughs> so Erica, since you are a big Stephen Tyler fan, yeah. why don't you get into the story that <laughs> we were talking about? So back in the 70s, Stephen Tyler met a fan in, at, after one of his shows and offered her tickets to come see him again, and she did. And then he offered her to come back to his room with him, which she did. And it was at that time he told she told him her age. Um, How old was she? 16. Oh. Just turned 16. Mm. And that did not detour him at all. In fact, he decided to... Uh, 
keep pursuing her. And once she became an adult, and we're going to get into the details, but this is a very high-level gloss over, she realized the messed up situation that she had been in. And it wasn't just Steven Tyler and her making these decisions. Her parents had some hand in it, too, and we'll get into that as well. Mm. Uh, but she realized that, you know, it was pretty messed up and somebody should probably take accountability for the lack of guardianship that was given to her. And so she um, has filed charges against Steven Tyler for sexual battery and assault of a minor. And she calls out her parents as well uh, for the their part in what happened. Ultimately, she has some goals for doing it. It's not just according to her. It's not just for the publicity or anything like that. Because she was Jane, I think she was known as Jane Doe for a while. And then she finally came out and said her name and started giving interviews and stuff. So she wants to make sure that, that she leaves the music industry a safer place. Okay. All right. Well, I became aware of this story several months ago. But the reason I became aware of this story is because Stephen Tyler... Mm -hmm. He snitched on himself. He did. He totally was like, yep, I did it. Here's he, what happened. He wrote a book and he talked about this in a book. Or, yeah, his memoir. Yeah, it was. Listen, I'm, I'm about to cuss a lot in this. <laughs> in this portion of the <laughs> program warning. right here. Trigger warning. Uh, who the fuck snitches on himself? <laughs> Someone who doesn't realize what he's done. So, <laughs> I did not know anything else about this. I was like, uh... Then talking to you, I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. The whole parental thing. But just the mere fact that you would even write a book and be like, you know what I'm going to write about? That 16-year-old girl I was having sex with. Yeah. That was underage. And I was, what was he, 30 at the time? He, he was. He was above 21. Above 21. I'm looking to see how, if it says how old he was when. So this was in 1973. 70, oh, yeah. That's, I wasn't born yet. Yeah. I wasn't born until 76. So I think she's 65 now. So he was probably 26, 27. Okay, okay. I believe. I could be wrong. Um, my math skills are what was bestowed upon me by the Damn, uh, Rockdale you, County Public School Wait a minute, time out. Time out. You just put another fact in my head that just made my head spin. She's doing all of this now and she's 64, 65 years old? I think so, yeah. Ooh, Okay. All right. Yeah, that's, yeah, she's 65. 65. Mm-hmm. Mm. So her parents are not around anymore, probably not. I'm sure they're not. Yeah. So she waited until they were gone on the glory mm -hmm. before she just... She was like... Because I'm like, she, I feel like she's bringing her parents... I'm skipping ahead here. Yeah. yeah okay, I'll, I'll save that. Do you want me to go into the whole thing? Just, like, yeah, because I, 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 I want to cuss... Okay. Before I start cussing more. <laughs> but I'm not snitching. Just know I'm never snitching on myself. As you should not. And that's that's my, if I'm going to do something, I'm either going to do it knowing it's wrong or I'm going to do it not knowing it's wrong. And right. If, if I do it not knowing it's wrong and I get I'm caught. I'm still not telling. I don't give a shit. I, whatever you're about to say, I'm stopping you and I'm going to let you know that Mookie G, <laughs> if I figure out that I'm doing something wrong, I will stop doing it, but I will never admit that I was doing something wrong and didn't, I just don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. See, I would apologize because I'm sorry that. You feel I hurt you? You say it that way, then you're not admitting guilt. You're saying you felt like I, which I admit is a pretty sociopathic way to respond. But if I don't know I'm doing something wrong, I'm sorry that 
you didn't tell me I was doing something. <laughs> that, that's it, right? That, that reasoning right there is why I'm shutting the hell up. Okay? That's what I should do. I'm going to take a, a page out of Mookie G's book, and I'm just going to stop talking against self-incrimination. Man, I plead the real. fifth. Because you didn't explain that well at all. No. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Continue on with Steven Tyler and his snitching ass. <laughs> uh, so I should preface this by saying I have been a huge Aerosmith fan since I was probably 12 or 13 years old. They mm. had a career renaissance in the early 90s where they had had a pretty good career in the 70s, early 80s. They came back with their Run DMC, Walk This Way remix, and kind of had a resurgence in the early to mid 80s then they started to come back again in the 90s with another rebirth so they had had you know two or three career rebirths by the time i really got to to become a big fan but my dad had always and my mom had always had you know 70s and 60s rock music on in the background i grew up listening to you know really old aerosmith albums like toys in the attic and all of the the really good deep old stuff that they had listened to, so it wasn't like it just came out of nowhere. My my whole family has always been a big music fan, but I had always been drawn to Aerosmith. And then my dad took me to see them live when I was like 15, and I was mesmerized. I was just like, this is, I am, I don't know what this man dips himself into before he goes on stage, but I want more Cocaine. of it. Probably. <laughs> just rolling around in it, just like, like pixie dust. Like, <laughs> He and Joe Perry just <laughs> tiptoed through those cocaine tulips. <laughs> the show, the charisma, I was just, I was hooked. So I started learning everything I could about Steven Tyler himself, everybody in the band, the history of the band. I'm not an expert, but I love everything that Aerosmith has done. Everything that the critics say was bad. I'm like, yeah, but I get it. Anyway, I'm just a big fan. So much that my dog's name his government name is <laughs> Steven Tallarico, which is Steven Tyler's real name. His, his name is Steven Tallarico. He shortened it to Steven Tyler. So then I thought, well, I'll shorten my dog's name to Steven Tyler. But my father-in-law and my brother-in-law's names are both Steven. So anyway, we call him Rico. So Steven Tyler, my dog's name at home is Rico. He's got a couple of names. So it gets confusing. On social media, he's Steven Tyler. Anyway, <laughs> that way he can go incognito when he's out in public. It's a damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I had heard about this story pretty early on that Steven Tyler at some point in his in his career had found the 16-year-old that he fell in love with. And I say fell in love with, I, I say that loosely, I don't really know. But she was enamored with him, with the lifestyle. They met backstage. She had just turned 16 years old. And then she kind of became from what I can tell, like a groupie. So he wanted to take her on the road with him, but there was a problem. It's called trafficking if you take a minor across state lines. So to get around that, he convinced her parents to give him guardianship of her so that at the age of 16, she could go on the road with Aerosmith legally, and he would not be charged with human trafficking. Okay, I'm gonna stop right here. That's the part that's news to me. Hey, that's the name of the show. I did not know this. Yes. You can continue. I just had to, I just, <laughs> that, I did not know they signed papers. Yes. Go ahead, continue, I'm sorry. 
So her parents, and I don't know how he convinced them, and I'm sure she did some doe-eyed convincing too. Wow. Convinced her parents to sign over guardianship of their minor daughter to a rock star. I believe the illegal action is specifically trafficking a child across state lines for the purposes of sex, which of course, if you're on the road with a rock star, he's not gonna be singing you lullabies. Right. right. There's a purpose, there's a reason why he wants you around. So all you young girls out there listening, all two of you, <laughs> if a rock star is like, hey, I know you're 16, but come on, I'll take care of you, no. He won't. I mean, he'll take care of you, but he won't take care of you. Oh, there's a story that parallels this. More recent, but go ahead. We're going to get into it. Okay, awesome. So anyway, they had a love affair for a couple of years, and then eventually she decided that she wanted to break it off. Steven Tyler doesn't dispute any of this. Like you said, he came out in his memoir, and his story backs up everything she's saying. But now that she's older, she's 65 now. I say she's 65. I don't know when this article was written. But now she is saying that what he did to her was abuse. It was assault. And she's filing charges so that maybe some changes will come and the music industry in and of itself will be less predatory and a a safer environment for minors. So... That's the gist of the story. She did have a troubled family background, and so maybe you know, maybe she was easier to sway because she was more impressionable. I don't know, but she's saying that he used his power and influence as a prominent rock star to groom, manipulate, exploit, and sexually assault her over the course of three years in numerous states across the country. Three um, years. Yeah, and she was a sophomore in high school when this started. Mm. Okay, because I have questions. Mm -hmm. But before I ask these questions, I do want to give you the parallel story. Okay. R. Kelly. Yes. Elvis Presley. Yes. So now we have three examples of this happening. That's right. Elvis Presley, didn't he marry a 14-year-old? Priscilla was 14 when they met. When they met. Yeah, I think she was 18 or 19 when they got married. Okay. So that's Elvis Presley. Elvis, was that the 50s, 60s? What was that? I think it was the 50s. You don't have to look it up. You, no, there's no need. We just know it was yeah, before it, Aerosmith. Yeah. Before Steven Tyler. B.A. Before Aerosmith. <laughs> B.A. Then we have Steven Tyler. B.S.T. Before then Steven we have R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly's in the 90s, 2000s. Yeah. And R. Kelly had a harem. <laughs> R. Kelly had quite the few. He, yeah. And, and let's be honest. This is the story that we know of Steven Tyler. There may have been more. There may have. Because there are women up there that will not tell. They just don't yeah, care. Th- this is the thing that I can't. Before we started recording, we were talking about highlights of this story. Because we both had other stories that we tabled to talk specifically about this. But the part that I can't reconcile is the subjectivity of interpreting assault and abuse. And mm-hmm. that makes it really hard for me because he could have done this with another 16-year-old girl who maybe didn't see it as abuse and he just goes on his jolly way. She goes on to live a a lovely life. So it's hard to say that what he did was predatory, knowingly predatory, because it's up to her interpretation of his actions, unless it like he physically assaults her and maybe he did. I don't know. That that part we don't know. So I don't want to speculate. I don't want to go into any speculation. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you think Elvis was wrong for dating a 14 year old? Yeah. Okay. And I say this too, there's a context of timing where 
you know, the actions that people took in the 1800s, sometimes when we look back at the at those actions today, we don't know the context of those actions. So, you know, like if uh, I think we did one story where the woman's dad gave her to be married to like an 80 year old. Do you remember that story? But they ended but up. They, they didn't have never sex. having sex. It was just for, and she didn't even accept the benefits of. It was right. from the Civil War. Right, right. She, yeah, she, it was. He was dying, and he wanted to thank the family for helping them out because she helped him when he was sick and dying. Right. And his way of helping was, hey, let's get married so you can have all of my benefits because he was one of the last living Civil, Civil War. War soldiers. Yeah. And. She never accepted the benefits. That's right. So in that context, I get that. that yeah. That's different. That so, man was doing, he was repaying what he thought was a nice gesture. Right. That's right. Elvis, Elvis, was, Elvis was being a, he was being a horny dude yes. that wanted a 14 year old girl. And then when you hear. He was wrong. Right. That he was absolutely wrong. You know, it, and, and this is why it's important to get as much of the story as you can, because on the surface you think, well, you know, they were together for years, you know, five years or whatever. And, you know, maybe it was really love because they did end up getting married. It's not like he used her and, and discarded her. But then you hear his entourage talk about how they knew he was attracted to 13, 14, 15-year-old girls. Right. And it was an issue. And it was even an issue as he got older. And so then you realize that the P word starts to come into play or at least whatever it is where, you know, adult men are attracted to teenage girls. And it's... Underage teenage girls. Underage teenage girls. And it's a... The predatory part comes when you know that these girls are not mentally mature enough to make decisions around life-changing events when there's money, power, and charisma, and you've got rock stars or executives telling you that you're going to be okay if you just trust them. You're going to be okay if you just just right. come along. I'll take care of you. It'll they be easily, all right. Easily manipulate a young mind. Absolutely, yes. and it goes both ways with girls and boys. Yes. So in that context, yes, it was absolutely wrong what Elvis did to Priscilla. Now that story was has a different ending than the the, the Steven Tyler story because Priscilla didn't see herself as being a victim. No, she didn't. So she never pressed charges. They ended up getting married. They had a daughter. Do you think the ending plays a role in the situation? Do you think, like, oh, that makes it better because it ended in a... You know, that, and that's the part I think I was having a hard time articulating a minute ago. I, I don't know how you stop something like this when it's the ending that predicates the terms of right and wrong. Does that make sense? Like, to me, I'm be honest with you. I'm lost on that one. Can I explain I, that one to me a little better? I don't know. So if Priscilla and Elvis didn't end up getting married, and he broke up with her when she was 17, mm -hmm. and she's you know really bitter and mad, and some lawyer comes along 20 years later and says you were underage when that happened, we can sue. We can sue. Okay. Then did Elvis really do something wrong? I don't know because. She was complicit in all of it. Was she 14? Yeah, and that's wrong. But when she was 16, 17, 18, was that wrong? Was it wrong when she was 19? At what age does it become wrong? And at what age is it then an accepted relationship? You know, a lot of people could say 18, you're too young to make a decision around dating a 30-year-old man, you know, especially if he's got money and power. So I, I, I don't know. I, I Because... The ending with Elvis and Priscilla was a happier one. I say happy in, in air quotes because there was a lot of drugs involved and bad decisions. 
But because that ending ended in a family and Priscilla didn't feel victimized, then it wasn't illegal. But because Steve and Tyler and and his victim, Julia, I think is her name, she did feel victimized. So it, it's illegal or, or there's a context for a lawsuit. So I don't know. I hear what you're saying. I think in both of those cases, they're both illegal. Yeah. The illegality is very it's, it's clear. There. Yeah. It's more of when you're talking about Elvis and when does it go from illegal to legal? Mm-hmm. It started off illegal. So even right. if it, you say, oh, well, she, when, as soon as she turned 18 and they were still together, it's legal now. Well, it was still illegal at some point. She was never going to pursue anything because they stayed happy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're right. Well, I said they stayed happy, but they were together. Yeah, they <laughs> okay. had a family. They had a family. This lady dealing with Steven Tyler felt differently. She looked back at it and was like, wait a minute. I was taken advantage of. By multiple parties. Yes, that's the thing too. <clears throat> but Priscilla's parents had to sign over. They did as well. Her but she as well. never felt but she never felt taken advantage of mm-hmm. by either side. This woman did. Mm-hmm. In R. Kelly's case, you have multiple women, but then you have women on both sides of the fence in this case. That's right. Because you have some women who felt like, Oh, he did take advantage of me and you have other women who well They're fighting to stay with him. They're fighting to stay with him. And then you hear about the stories of the parents who did what these other women's parents did. They signed over. Hey, go be with R. Kelly. Yeah. It's like all three of these men are guilty. Mm -hmm. They're wrong. You just think like, damn. Yeah. Only one of them's in prison. One of them is in prison. Right. Other two have never seen prison. And that's the part I have a hard time with. And and I think maybe this is the part I'm having a hard time explaining is that if one is in prison, then they all should be in prison. But how do you legally set the guardrails when it's dependent upon the interpretation of the victim and whether like if I'm robbed at gunpoint, I'm robbed at gunpoint. Right. I'm going to be a victim. These cases are all the same. Yeah. There's nothing different in them. Right. It's just the interpretation of the victim. How is one in jail victim? and then the other two have never touched the inside of the jail for the same the thing? The same thing. That's crazy to me. And the parents. The, the parents should be in the jail too. Yeah. Like, I, my daughter's 15. My daughter's 11. I would never sign her over. My daughter ain't going to a fucking concert. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. You stay the hell home. We're going to see Sesame Street Live. How about that? (laughs) You want to date Big Bird? Hell no. I don't think so. Right? No. No. Absolutely not. Oscar's a grouch. I can change him. (laughs) (laughs) We had to bring some funny into this serious conversation. I'm sorry, people. We are two comedians. I'm sorry. But But honestly, on on a real tip and, and being honest about this, it's a crazy story. And it's a crazy story because you've got rock and roll. You've got the rock and roll lifestyle that is just so intriguing and mesmerizing and engulfing. And you've got this impressionable girl. I mean, I can see how she would get enthralled by all of it and be like, Daddy, please sign me over. Yes. I want to go. Many comedians have made the comparison of, you know, any other job compared to a rock star. You can be a professional athlete, a stand-up comedian, a doctor, a lawyer. It doesn't matter. If you stand on stage and you rap, sing, rock star country music if you do anything in music you can damn near have anything or anyone that you want yes and it's very easy to hide something that a normal person would be totally skewered for Mm -hmm. because you've got money you've got power you've got connections you've got people telling you the ins and outs and how to maneuver to keep because your lifestyle 
means other people can continue to make money too. So if you're behind bars, there's a whole group of people who are now out of a job yes. and a whole industry that's now out of a, a stream of income. Yes. So it's in their best financial interest to keep you- On the road yes. and making music yeah, and performing. So it's like, we're gonna hide, we're gonna do anything we can to protect you. Yes so that our will does not run dry. Mm -hmm. And that's in itself is crazy and so damn powerful and evil at the same time. Yeah, and I think that is more powerful than in a human because it's not, it's not a human. Right. It's something totally different and it, it will go and move and, and force itself to continue regardless of who's controlling it. There's always that drive and need to make money and there are human desires, greed is pushing that. And it doesn't, you can take one person and move it out of the process, somebody mm -hmm. else is just gonna replace it. Because that that need for more money, more power, more of whatever it is that's fueling is just there. It's, right. it's innate in human nature. Yeah. So. Yeah. Alpha, what we just said just now, if Aerosmith was to come out with a new album next month, it would sell. Oh yeah. Still. And then they were going on tour. Mm -hmm. People would still buy tickets to show up at the concert. R. Kelly is in prison. Yeah. R. Kelly did not release music, but someone else did. They released a whole album of R. Kelly music. And within hours, it sold hundreds of thousands of copies until Apple, Spotify, and other places figured out, oh, R. Kelly has music off. We have to take it down. Right. And he was behind bars and didn't know somebody else released it. But you think about like Chris Brown? Yes. Chris Brown's still out making music. People Chris, are still buying his stuff and you know. He's not going anywhere. No. It's not going to happen. No matter what, if you're in the music industry, we can fix you. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those crazy, crazy things because it's when the legality of something depends on, on a human interpretation and feeling, it gets so nebulous. And it's nebulous. just um, stop. I need you to define nebulous. <laughs> like hard to grasp. Oh, okay, cool. It's, <laughs> it's just it's it's in the clouds, and it just feels like it's not real. Not it, not that it doesn't feel real, because these things are absolutely real, and it's very illegal, and it's wrong, and it should never happen. And if somebody comes after my daughter, I will slit their throat, and that's not a euphemism. I will absolutely kill them and murder them okay. if somebody tries to hurt my daughter in any way. Mm -hmm. But I just. I don't understand. It's just like with the statutory rape thing, you know, when you've got the Romeo and Juliet laws where, you know, she's 16 and he's 17 and then he turns 18. The relationship was legal. Now it's not. It's just yeah. crazy. But they were together before. Now right. it's not, you can be together anymore. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, his, her parents get mad at him for something and then file statutory rape charges against him. Yeah, that, I, there's a story about that, but I, I don't want to get into that. That takes us down a whole other rabbit yeah. hole. I mean, there are a thousand different rabbit holes we could go down in, in with this. But yeah, ultimately, Steven Tyler <laughs> just totally told on himself. And he does it in he, such a brazen he, he, way. He absolutely snitched on himself. He just, in the book. And yeah. has he ever talked about it on television? I don't has know. It, has anyone ever interviewed him and talked about it? That's a good question. I don't know. That, he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. So. His daughter's beautiful. But anyway, that's not, <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, she um, is. Let me ask you this as a fan. Does it change your opinion of him? It doesn't change my opinion of the band or the music that they've produced or created. It doesn't change my opinion of how starstruck 
I get when I see the band perform, mm-hmm. it does change my my opinion of him as a person. When I was a teenager, I worshipped the band, and because he was the front person of the band, like when I thought of Aerosmith, I thought, thought of, him. of him. Yeah. But it's not just him. It's Brad Whitford. It's it's um, Joe Perry. It's all of the people who have helped produce music with the band and Joey Kramer on drums. I mean, it's it's the entire team that has written music for them and helped them create their aesthetic and their music. And so it's it's not just him, but I definitely pause now when I see something come up with just him because it's it's undeniable that he trafficked a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah. And admits that he did it. Well, that's about to say, absolutely undeniable. He said yeah, it. He said it. And he she feels it. like he hurt her. That's where it's definitely wrong. You know? If, I wonder if they've had a conversation since then. That's a good question. Like Because right now, they're two old-ass people. Right. <laughs> Let's be honest. They're two old-ass people. They and, need to go sit down and have some coffee and some prune juice together and have a conversation. Right. And if he had just waited a couple of years, you know, she'd be 18. Well, he wasn't going to wait. Well, no. No, no he, he wasn't. He wasn't. But that's the, that's the thing, too. If It's just two years. If he had just waited two years. That, that wasn't going to happen. But then, you know, you also have, in the same vein as, you know, trying to interpret legality and abuse and, and you know, it's up to the interpretation of the, the person on the receiving end of the abuse as to whether or not it truly was. But you've got the Playboy bunnies um, that lived in the house with Hugh Hefner. Yes. And now that he's dead, a lot of them have come forward and said, you That's know, a, yeah, I didn't, yeah, they were above the age of 18. They were at the time, at least completely complicit and gave their consent, whether verbal or just by you know the nature of being in the house with him. And now that he's dead, they're coming forward saying it was an, you know, manipulative and abusive environment. And, you know, I felt victimized and and I was, you know. Too afraid to leave. I don't. I don't like victim blaming. No, I don't either. I don't like victim blaming, and I'm not going to. But if someone is alive, I feel like you should call them out at that time, mm-hmm. so we can hear their side of the story. When they are dead and gone, it's your word and your word only. Yeah, and not only is Hugh dead, but his house manager is also dead. Yeah. So there's nobody that. And except the other women, women. in the house yeah. that could corroborate. And a lot of them have banded together and said, yeah, it is abuse. Yeah, And that's the thing, too. I have a hard time. And I think this also speaks to the, the whole thing where you, you don't know if it's abuse until, you know, after the fact. But you do have people who've claimed to be victims when, in fact, they weren't. They were just looking for money or they were just looking for, yeah. for something. And, you know, it's made it really hard for true victims to come out and be taken seriously because to your point, if a victim doesn't feel comfortable coming out when the person's alive, maybe they're intimidated or they're scared of them or they don't, you know, don't want to be retaliated against or, you know, this person's so powerful. You think of Harvey Weinstein, he had so much money and he had so many victims. Is he dead yet? No, I don't think they've suicided him yet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was not going that (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think at this point he's in the clear. Um, <laughs> you just took it there. Sorry. Okay. I'm just, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, it, it sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth at times when I talk about this topic. But, you know, as a female and as the mother of a, a daughter, and even as the mother of a son, 
I don't want him wrongfully accused of anything, but I also want the channels open for my daughter in case something ever happened with her. I want her to feel confident that she can speak up and speak out without the fear of not being believed or... Yes, I'm wearing an Aerosmith shirt. I just... (laughs) 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 Folks, I was... It looks as if I was looking at Erica's breasts right now, but I, you you can't see that. But I just <laughs> he looked at my shirt and did a double take. I was like, "Wait a minute!" I'm wearing an Aerosmith. She's wearing band. an Aerosmith. I didn't notice it. Her hair is covering up one uh, side of the shirt, and I was like, and I saw the logo, yeah. and I was like, "Wait, that's Aerosmith." It's a 1979 tour shirt. This is this has turned out to be a great episode. Just, just <laughs> this the ir- irony of it. The irony of it all, all together. That we got into this conversation. And I'm going to say this last thing, and and we can get out of here. Because we've kept these people long enough talking about this. (laughs) I just thought it was a fascinating topic. But as I want to talk to people, one, men, when you're out here dating, number one, slow your roll. (laughs) Slow your roll, fellas, because I know we get out here, it's like, oh, she won't have sex with me. She'll let you know if she want to have sex with you. Just slow your ass down, okay? <laughs> Don't go out here forcing And if shit. she's under 18. And if she's under 18, no. it's always no. It's okay? always if no. If you are over the age of 18, the answer is always Nah, I'm not no. even going to. Don't and even ladies, hang around. Okay? You don't even have to. If, ladies, if you're 21, you can still say no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so fellas, Keep that's your standards it. high, that's woman. It. Uh, also to the men, if you are a father, you need to talk to your children about this. If you have daughters, you need to warn them. Let them know. Let them know all the signs, all the signals. Don't get caught up in the bright lights, the money, mm-hmm. the fame, any of that. Okay. It's just another human being. You need to be aware of all predators, okay? Mm-hmm. All predatory situations. Then talk to your son. If you have a son, let your, know, let your son know how to respect women, how to treat women, and how to look out for women, okay? Mm-hmm. And know, to, know the signs to look out for women because there are women that are predators too. Yes. Because there are a lot of women teachers that are out here taking advantage of men, these young boys that are not men in school just yet. So let them know. Don't tell them, oh, man, you had sex with your, uh, your math teacher? That ain't cool. High five. That ain't, no, that's <laughs> that's going to turn into that, that man needs therapy at 30, and then you got your toxic masculinity going on, and he can't go get therapy because that ain't manly. <laughs> Teach your young boys how to be real men. Women. <laughs> and I can't tell a woman how to be a woman, but I will say this from a man's standpoint. Be clear with men. If you say no, make it a forceful no. Yeah, you may want to tuck and roll out of that car. <laughs> say, say no, and if he touch you, slap the shit out of him, okay? Yeah. Do whatever you got to do to say no. And that's it. I'm not going to give women any other advice because I don't think a man should give a woman advice at all. Erica, do you go ahead and close this thing out with yeah. the advice you have I'll, for women? I'll, I'll close it. Here's the thing. Ladies, if you were not abused, don't say you were. It gives all of us a bad name, and it, it does not allow for a very easy opportunity for for true victims to come forward. So if you've ever gotten mad at someone or decided to take revenge on someone and accused them of doing something that they didn't do, whether it's a man or not, shame on you. And I hope uh, hope you get head lice. (laughs) (laughs) For the women out there who have been victims, you are not alone and we will help fight for you and you are seen and you are heard and you are beautiful and you deserve better. And my hope is that I'm raising a son who will 
help to make the world a better place and make it safer for women and nothing but love for everybody. Ladies, if a guy says something but his actions are different, trust his actions. Always trust his actions. Mm. And that's how I'll close it out. Much love to all y'all. Much love. See y'all next episode. Okay, bye. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram to keep the conversation going. Do you have a suggestion for a future episode? Please let us know. Send us an email at thatsnews2me at gmail.com. That's news, the number two, me, the number two, at gmail.com.